Hello, everyone. My name is Logan, and you are listening to The Crowncast, uh, the show where we talk about absolutely everything that has to do with Charlotte FC. And we have talked a lot about a lot of things. And uh, some of you may be getting tired of hearing our, our voices, but we certainly hope not, uh, because we only have more for you. If we're being honest, we only have more for you. We are coming at you with a bonus podcast. Uh, uh, that's just a little bit more that we wanted to to put on top, the cherry on top of the delicious, delicious Sunday that is Charlotte FC. And I'm so happy today to be joined by a, a special guest, a man I had the pleasure of carrying down the stairs injured. Uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll hear him uh, there. He is the president of the Reedy River Riot, which is the supporter section group for a team we just played recently, the Greenville Triumph, and he is joining us to talk about the game Hello, Andrew. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, uh, one, thank you for making sure I made it down safely, and uh, two, it's uh, my pleasure to to join you guys. No, we are we are so happy to have you with us today because we got the chance to talk about on our, our regular podcast uh, how much of a great experience I felt like I had there, and I'm not telling you anything you don't know because I came up to you after the match and. I think you could probably see that I had had a great experience. Would you call that fair? That's fair, absolutely. I, uh, you know, as soon as we we started talking about uh, just uh, the atmosphere and the game itself, um, I, I could tell that you weren't BSing. So I, I appreciate that for sure. <laughs> I uh, I'm I'm one of those people who, depending on the subject and and football and uh, for your information, we do refer to it as football here and. We talked about it early in our podcasts that uh, the reason for that is very simple. The number of people that want us dead is smaller if we call it football. So That's fair. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a good math. It, it is good math, and, and it's safety first, as it always should be. Uh, we, we really wear our, our heart on our sleeves as football fans. Mm. We get into it. We we die when our team doesn't play well. We uh, we party as as really only football fans can party when mm-hmm. when something spectacular happens. And that spirit that I have gotten so used to and so uh, so fallen in love with with the Charlotte FC, uh, mm-hmm. I found at the stadium the about four thousand people stadium. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, sellout is uh, about. 4,014, I think, if we're not counting standing room, so yeah. something along those lines. I, I found that joy at the 4,000 people stadium of the Greenville Triumph awesome. in spades. It was spectacular, mm. and uh, like I said, we talked about it previously, that uh, I was so moved by the the experience. I uh, we, well, we we reached out, and we wanted to get you on the podcast, so thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, it's, it's my pleasure. It's great to hear the those type of uh, feelings, right? Because I, for one, I've, I've told many people I'm a uh, soccer, sorry, football culture <laughs> um, addict, right? So the, there's something to be said about the supporters culture um, when it comes to the sport and just how it's just a different level. It's just something that it, it's hard to explain. I mean, you've got, obviously, we're, we're in the South. A lot of folks talk about the other football, especially college football, mm-hmm. and how powerful it is being in the stadium. And, and it, okay, that's fine. It's just numbers. But those, those people are getting snacks and uh, talking to their friends during breaks. Soccer, as soon as the ball, football, sorry, as soon as the ball <laughs> is, is kicked off, you are, you're engrossed in it and you can't look away because if you look away, you'll miss it. 
And I think um, that that's something that it's just it's it's hard to explain until you're there and witnessing it, right? And so that's what we're trying to do here in Greenville is is continue to to spread that joy and the love for the game. It is. It, so I'm glad I'm glad you saw that. <laughs> you know? Oh, you could not miss it. I promise you, there was not that's a awesome. single person in that stadium that could have missed the the joy and the passion you guys bring to the beautiful game. Uh, That's and, awesome. and if they were, they, they were blind. Uh, I really can't say it <laughs> any other than that. I did want to bring you on. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about, uh, the Greenville triumph, uh, mm-hmm. a little bit later, but I wanted to bring you on because I personally have a, a belief in football and that mm-hmm. is other teams show you who you are, right? Mm-hmm. We, we get so ingrained in our own teams and we get so sort of set in what we expect out of the players on Absolutely. the long-term basis that sometimes we forget to step back and say, oh, yeah, the other team definitely just showed us that they don't think this player is up to snuff or that, that mm-hmm. they feel like we have an issue down our left side. Uh, mm-hmm. The other team gets to do tactics, too. And Right, exactly. Yeah, they, they, get, they have the film. They know what's happening. Oh, yeah. They have the film, and they have people, let's be honest, a lot smarter than us analyzing it. Oh, a thousand times smarter than us, for sure. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through a couple of questions here because I think that you could provide us with some really cool insights into that game that we both got to see and, and into mm-hmm. the teams that we both love. So mm-hmm. the first question I have for you is Charlotte has a lot of strengths. Mm-hmm. But as we played the Greenville Triumph, where did you feel like the danger was coming from? Where, you know, as the team that is worried when, the, when Charlotte gets the ball, not as excited, where were you right. saying, oh, we don't want them to have the ball in this part of the, the field? Right, right. No, and that makes a lot of sense. So, um, it, you know, for me, the toughest part was inside the box, right? If you guys got inside the 18, we were in a lot of, lot of trouble. Uh, I mean, one of your goals was basically, I mean, it was inside the six too, right? So it was uh, the Ortiz tap in. Yeah. The Ortiz tap in was, I mean, that's not a tap in the dude had to slide to get to the ball. It it was an impossible angle. I still don't know how it went in. Uh, probably because I was behind the goal, it looked impossible, but it probably wasn't as ridiculous as I thought it was, but it it was a, a really great goal. Um, it was in the six and then, uh, awfuls was at, basically at the penalty spot. Right. Yep. Um, now I will say, um, the, I'm saying awful wrong. I'm sure I'm saying his name wrong, but uh, I, we, I'm, I'm, we absolutely refer to him as Harrison awful and we will okay, try good. to avoid any puns on this. Okay. Uh, All right. Perfect. I mean, he was not awful in that moment, of course, but it was the past, right? So it was the vision. Um, I think it was, uh, I can't remember who was the assist on it. I think it was Camille. Um, but that one, two in that space inside the box, um, you know, the vision, the touch, that that was stuff that um, you could, when you watch it, you go, okay, that's MLS, right? That's the highest form of, of football in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was those moments that we were worried, right? I, now, I, listen, like, uh, I, I think that, Greenville played a really great game. I think that um, at no point were we afraid or did we back down, especially on the defensive end. Our transition was really good. Um, and I don't – there wasn't a time that I'm like, they're more threatening at this point. But your vision and your passing touches, especially 
Um, you had a couple uh, deep passes. Uh, I forget who was at the top for you guys. Um, I'm going to say it was Gaines. Had a couple mm-hmm. opportunities that he couldn't capitalize on that he should have, right? Um, and those are balls delivered by, I believe, Ortiz delivered a really good one. I think Ruiz had a really good one as well. So you guys definitely had the ability to deliver those passes in ways that we're not used to seeing, and that's where it was dangerous, right? That that high-caliber vision and touch is, is something that the USL League One has, but not in droves, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's where you guys were threatening to us. That's really interesting to hear because I think later we're going to get on to a counterpoint that I'm going to put up to that. Uh, I definitely okay. get where you're going. And I do think that, you know, the statement you're making there is a good one. I just think that uh, sort of what you're calling our strengths there actually played into what I kind of thought the triumph strengths were. So okay. uh, we'll we'll get on to that a little bit later there. But it is absolutely Perfect. true that in the highest leagues in the world, and uh, I think the MLS is, is slowly climbing up into that. I mean... Uh, hardcore fans will say that, you know, there are quite a few leagues above it, and there are, um, but the MLS is is steadily trying to improve, and it's showing more talent every every day. Uh, so, uh, sort of moving on through that, I want to touch on what you guys seem to pull out as our weakness, because every mm-hmm. team goes into a the game with a plan to hurt the opponent, and... Yeah. I'd like to sort of from the perspective of somebody who was rooting, who was, uh, who I'll be honest, bleeds green. Um, uh, what, what did you see that day on the field? From the triumph? Yes. From the triumph. What, what was gotcha. the spot that you guys were looking at opening up? So, yeah. So our, our bread and butter has always been transition. Um, we have, uh, We've had the best defense in the league, you know, since the league started. Uh, you know, um, uh, Evan Lee, Brendan Furkey, Tyler Pollock, those are the the backbones of our of our back line. And, um, you know, Furkey and Lee are both workhorses. Those are our two center backs. Uh, we actually talked about Lee, I believe, because you, you, you pointed out number 12, that's Evan. Mm-hmm. Um, his size, his vision, his ability to, uh, his body positioning, all that stuff's on point. Fricky and Pollock are just motors, like they're all over the field. And so um, where our defense is uh, staying strong and then the transition out of nowhere, we're, we're able to, to take over in the midfield and, and, and change change on a dime and because we're able to, to depossess and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I think that's something that um, we do well and it's something that we did well against you guys. Uh, most of our more threatening moments – um, we're in transition where because we're able to get a turnover because we're able to hold defensively and 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 you guys especially early were pretty flat-footed um you know that changed obviously as the game progressed but at the beginning i don't think you guys expected uh that kind of uh, turnover uh speed and i think that's really where we started to shine no and I, i'm going to back you up on this because uh, i will tell you as i started watching it i was going man we are we are creating through the first two thirds of the field, but we're not really creating attack. They're they're picking us off, and I had to really watch. Um, and I, I have a habit of trying to get the best vantage point I can in a stadium because of the podcast. So mm-hmm. I was really sitting there. I mean, after the first ten minutes, I was going, "We are getting our pocket picked," yep. and and thus far, I haven't been able to pin down exactly where it was happening. 
But you're right. The transitions out of Greenville Triumph came so fast. And, you know, credit to, to our back line. We managed to not let all of them be incredibly dangerous. But, but there, were, right. there yeah. were a couple of opportunities that you guys could have absolutely put another one in the back of the net. And it was, it was clear and obvious to me on the sidelines. And it was clear and obvious to Miguel Ramirez, the coach of the Charlotte FC, uh, because... Mm-hmm. Not that long in the game, there were wholesale sweeping changes. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. You guys made all of your changes. I think we only made three. I think you guys subbed all five, right? Uh, yes, we did sub everyone on. And we did not, you know, I think that there's a, sort of an expectation that when you go against a quote-unquote lower league, your, your, your big names are going to sit down. Uh, you yeah. see this against, uh, you know, like the championship sides in the Premier League. Uh, you see it all over the world that mm-hmm. this should be a chance for your young kids or your, you know, the people who haven't quite proven themselves to to get on the field and show the coach that they deserve to be in the picture. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's a kind of a break for the players who are expected to perform at the highest level. And wow, Miguel Ramirez took a couple looks at that game and went, they are shredding us through the midfield. Right. And immediately, uh, Brant Bronico came on, who is our starting defensive midfielder. I mean, he is, he is it. He had a hell of a game too, man. Um, he did. He he's been playing really well recently. Uh, yeah, he had a great game. Ben Bender came on, who is arguably our most technically solid midfielder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe it was Kamil Yazwiak came on at that time. I think it was for that change. It was those three. But Daniel Rios, our starting front line came on uh, very shortly after and Christian Fuchs came on very shortly after as well so I I absolutely think it's fair to say that uh, Charlotte FC saw the opposition on the field and went uh we need to win this game we need everybody we have to win this game time to change I think absolutely yeah I I think there might have been a moment they were actually slightly panicking that they had not brought Carol Swiderski (laughs) You know, I, I we all wanted that. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Like the entire, uh, you know, Reedy River right was like, bring him on, come on. I, I, I hope he scores, a, you know, a thousand whatever. If he does, that's fine. But we want to see him play <laughs> because we forced that to happen. So uh, we were sad he, he didn't make an appearance. But I think seeing all the other starters come on definitely sent a message. And I hope, I, I genuinely hope that our boys were in the green, saw that, and and took pride in that. I mean, yes, they ended up losing in the end, but man, what a they they really need to hang their hats and be proud of that game. Yeah, and they fought it out, and I mean, until overtime, right? Uh, yeah, it, it was mm-hmm, an incredible right. game, and and it was the sort of thing that uh, I think I got the chance to experience something unusual for me, and that's when uh, TD Ortiz had that sliding goal. Uh, from where you guys were banging the drums, you can't have been but like 20 feet from the goal. Correct, yeah. And mm-hmm. where I was, I was not but maybe 40. And he came running over to that corner and celebrating right there. And I, I, I genuinely felt like I could have reached out and shook T.D. Ortiz's hand. Yeah. And the same thing with Harrison Awful when he scored his goal. They, they both ran right directly up to me. And I realized they weren't running to me specifically, but they ran right up so close. Makes you feel good, though. <laughs> yeah. And, 
And how often do you get that experience? Like how often do you get to see your heroes really truly up close in that moment that you've seen on TV a thousand times and just see the passion and the joy and, and they were celebrating those goals. Like they had just scored against an MLS side. I mean, I don't think there's any denying that. And which was appreciated too, right? We don't, you know, the fact that your team came in, showed us respect the way that they did, uh, even in the goal scoring, it's a big deal. And that's, that's, that's the way this game should be played. Um, and it, and it, there is something to be said about the lower leagues, which, you know, USL League One, um, is we have a, we do have a closer connection to the actual players and that, that adds another level of intimacy and connection to the team and to the game. There's, there's no denying that. Yeah, I would like to uh, take the opportunity to talk about a couple of the players from the Greenville Triumph who you've already highlighted and I didn't have to ask mm-hmm. you, but I'd like you to dive a little further because mm-hmm. one of the concerns that we have on the podcast about Charlotte FC is that we have what I call pods. We have sort of the right defensive pod and the left defensive pod. Yeah. And our right defensive pod is is very strong. Even in the MLS, I would consider it to be one of the strongest defensive pods out there. And the balance on the left has not seen the same success. Um, they're not bad. They're not terrible. But they, they clear there's clearly some imbalance out there uh, between us. And your back line of, I believe you pronounced it Fricky, Lee, and Polak, it was a really interesting sort of look in the mirror at a team that had really found an answer to how do we take some of the best attacks out there and, and shut them down and make it our strength. So do you want to mm-hmm. take a minute to sort of highlight those guys and, and the team on how exactly they do go about that? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it, it's about positioning, right? One of the things that um, our team does really well is keep its shape. Um, at least the, the back the back four do well, and then, you know, we've got our, our – you usually play like a 4-3-3 three, three of sorts, right? Um, mm-hmm. Now, that can change depending on game plan, but um, – Keeping our shape and staying staying in the position is one of the the, the key strengths that we have. Um, you know, it's easy to uh, to to wander and get astray when you're getting you know uh, when someone's pushing in uh, down us down the end, right? But our team's always been very uh, very smart when it comes to those type of things, right? So Pollock and um, uh, he's a he's our kind of he's our hybrid. He usually plays on the back, but the, the guy can push up um, and really pressure high, right? And that's one of the reasons that um, you know you've got to you've got to work past him. But you try to work past him, and you have to you're you're running into Lee, and that you're not getting anywhere past that. So I, I think that's really our, our our strength is the ability to to collapse down and, and still keep our shape, right? So it's adding the pressure, but it's not giving up that space that makes you vulnerable. Um, Aaron Walker, who I haven't mentioned yet, he's one of our, our other captains. He's our, our center mid, and he is the general out there, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's the one who's making sure that guys are getting back, guys are getting repositioned, making sure that uh, the midfield's not lost, right? Because um, that's where you win a lot of soccer games is in the middle. If it wasn't for for Aaron being the general there, I don't think we we'd be the team that we are, um, you know. So it, it's it's definitely a lot of really smart soccer players who've been uh, been around for a while, right? I mean, Polak played with uh, 
Cincinnati, you know, back uh, back when the when uh, Harks was there. Um, so he's he's got a lot of knowledge, got a lot of strengths, and um, you know Don Smart, who's a uh, uh, another one of our midfielders, is, is the same way. Dude's fast. Dude uh, has been in the league for a long time. Knows soccer, knows how to be in the right place at the right time, and just has a motor on him, man. And so I think we were able to expose that really well. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of it was you guys just weren't expecting to get hit in the teeth the way that you were, you know, and, and we did that and, and it's, uh, it, it almost worked. It, <laughs> so it, I think that has a lot to do with it. It almost did. And, you know, one of the things that I, I took notes because I take notes, I'm, I'm a nerd. Um, yeah. one of the things that I took notes was Polak and him moving into more progressive spaces and yes. how, uh, it actually left you a little bit vulnerable on that side or at least it looked like it left you a little bit vulnerable on that Correct. side yep. because yeah. because we were finding that space often. Um, mm-hmm. And then Lee just went out there and absolutely slammed the door. Um, <laughs> and, and I can really see how, you know, as I talk about the pods, that pod between Lee and Polak for you guys really efficiently creates that attack going forward. And, you know, intelligent positioning allows Polak to provide pressure and even if the ball gets tapped by him, Lee has has seen the play ahead of time and has done a really good job to be there to clean it up. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to move on here a little bit for the sake of time. And I'm going to invite you to join uh, us in a crown cast tradition. Uh, okay. And that is whenever we do a post-match, we hand out cards to the players who we feel have done offen- something offensive in the game. We're not saying these players are bad players. We're not saying that they're, you know, they should be benched. We're saying in this particular game, we expected more of them. We yeah. hand out crowns to players who we feel like really did something impressive or stepped up in this match. And uh, today, with a guest on, we're going we're gonna to throw cards out the window. We're not carding anybody. It was a fantastic game. It was a fantastic atmosphere. But I would like you to uh, give us two crowns for the day. I'd like you to give us one crown to a Greenville Triumph player who you'd like to highlight and then one crown to a Charlotte player who you'd like to highlight. Gotcha. Um, I, you know, I think the Charlotte player, um, for me, um, is, and you said his name earlier, uh, Joe, Joe I don't even know how to say it. Oh, Kamil Yazwiak. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yazwiak. Yes. So, um, I feel like, cause he came on, uh, he didn't start, but you guys had to bring him in. And as soon as he came in, um, you guys were immediately that more dangerous because of his vision and his touch, right? Mm-hmm. So um, if it wasn't for him, Awful doesn't score, right? I mean, because Oh, no, one, it's absolutely... Was, yeah, that, that's all him. Um, yeah, that, I will say uh, Awful has a motor on him, was, was running around, but, you know, um, he can get in that space, but if you can't put the ball in the space, it doesn't matter. Um, I mean, and I, that's what separates leagues, right? Is the ability to put the ball in space. You can, because every league, there are guys that can run, that can play, that can get open, but not every league has the people that can put the ball in those spaces. And that's where it counts. And so to me, that's the guy that I was like, oh, holy crap. <laughs> like, I, I just, you know, we just can't, we don't have an answer for that. I, um, I do think Ortiz had a really good game too. Um, because, uh, but I mean, his hair deserves like a card. His you know? his hair does deserve uh, a card. 
<laughs> but I mean, obviously that goal that that and you said tap in, it wasn't a tap in. Like that was. A, oh no, he earned it. He goal. earned it. Yeah. So so it's tough not to say to say that. You know, he's an honorable mention, but I do think. Uh, Wozniak is the one who deserves it on the all side. Well, I am. I'm very, very happy that you highlighted highlighted Kamili Oswiak because uh, I don't have to. Uh, it was okay. his. Uh, it was his debut for the club. That was the first time we have ever seen him playing for the club. Uh, you know, in Charlotte mm-hmm. FC colors, and he looked really good. He looked very okay. dangerous on the ball. He's he's clearly lightning fast. Um, he's yeah. very oh, press absolutely. resistant. He, he has a lot of touch and control while moving at those speeds. And I think once he finds a way to find a balance in the team, he is just going to be an immediate boost to our attack. Um, yeah. uh, other than the fact that we're so happy to see him, I don't think we need to talk about him anymore because I think he's going to write his own headlines. He doesn't need us to write them for him. Yeah, definitely. I, completely agree. I am going to uh, go ahead and I'm going to take my crown for the day from the Greenville Triumph. And uh, sort of like we're exchanging jerseys here, uh, I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna crown Lee. Um, and yeah. forgive me, you, what was Lee's first name? Evan. Uh, Evan Lee is the number twelve for the Greenville Triumph, and I had the absolute honor of watching that man play football. Uh, he is something special, and you can see that not just by the uh, the challenges that the MLS side Charlotte FC had getting by him but by the amount of respect he's given by his own team. Uh, that, that man, mm-hmm. they give him space, and they don't question whether or not that space is going to be safe. They look to a space that really you need one and a half players to cover, and they look back and they see the number 12 standing there, and they just know that it's safe. And yeah. you cannot give a higher, a higher mark to a player than when their teammates look to a space that takes a man and a half and just know that it's good. Mm-hmm. No, I, 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 I would echo a lot of those same same things that you've said. Um, we've been lucky um, to have Evan since the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon is, uh, I think he's on his third year, um, and is commands a lot of the same respect as, as Evan does. But Evan is the foundation. There's there's no doubt. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, and it, it's it's good. Like I, I think one of the main things I wanted from this game was for our boys to go out there and go, we belong, right? And and I, I think without a shadow of a doubt that they could walk off that field going, we belong. And, you know, Evan was one of those guys that, that showed that, um, uh, stepped up in a big, big way all night. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if I'm going to crown anyone else since you, you said Evan, um, I do want to mention Jake Keegan as well. Um, I think he had one of his better games. Um, his goal was from outside the 18. He doesn't do that often. It, <laughs> you know, so it was, was a taking, good strike too. Like he earned it was a, that it was a, Yeah, it was a good strike. Um, but he was all over that field. And, um, you know, we, we had a Ford last year that, you know, scored goals, but was not, not a team player. And if he wasn't getting that pass in, he was complaining about it. His motor stopped as soon as the ball touched the, the team's foot. You know what I mean? Like, you're just like, okay, it's their ball now. I'm just a forward. Yep. Keegan was everywhere. And I think that's just, that's one of those things that you just can't replace that. And so I, I think Keegan deserves a, a shout out for, for a really great game as well. Well, we are happy to be a place uh, that gives it to him because uh, ultimately he is the guy who who does the hard work. I, I say the hard work. He, he does the pointy end. 
in this match and and <laughs> right, yeah. and puts yeah. Greenville Triumph on the board and gives them a chance to try and come back and win it. Uh, I am going to go ahead and I have to crown Harrison awful. Um, I felt like there were quite a few people. <laughs> I, I felt like there are quite a few people out there who who did well. Um, but Harrison Awful is right now the essentially backup to one of our stars, a young star who looks like he has the position completely locked down in Jalen Lindsay. Yeah. And Harrison Awful came out that day, and you can see the places where he needs to grow as a player. But you could also see the hunger and the fight and the willingness to take every single challenge and the the just burning desire in him to to love and play this game and yeah. to show that that he has a right to be out there on the field and yeah i i mean i i'm oh. bitter because he scored the game winner but he <laughs> he had a i had a great game there's no doubt yeah and i have to he he has earned himself a crown for the effort that he put out there on that pitch um I think that we are going to wrap it up right there with sort of talking about the players in the game. I would like, Andrew, uh, to give you just a few minutes here to highlight the Reedy River Riot, if there's anyone you want to call out, uh, the Greenville Triumph. This is your chance. You have the mic. What would you like to say to your fans and also to the fans who may decide that uh, Greenville's not that far away and maybe they, they want to go to a game? Right. You know, it, it, it is one of those things that uh, it we want to be able to continue to put the word out, um, not only um, in Greenville, but all of the upstate and essentially all of the Carolinas, right? And so that's why it was so important, and uh, I, I was so happy that we, we drew you guys, even though it's, it's a heck of a mountain to climb, right? Because you guys are an MLS side, we aren't. And, you know, we knew that it was going to be um, a tough one, but it was a great chance for us to showcase who we are. And what I hope happened, and, and, uh, and you know, your kind feedback makes me feel like we may have achieved this, is that we showed that this is a, this is a soccer town. Like, we love, our, we love our team, and the team loves uh, to play. And, um, you know, one of the things that we're trying to establish here in Greenville is is to make the Triumph a part of the infrastructure and a part of the fabric of Greenville. And it's tough to do that, right? Um, soccer, football is, is still a sport that is competing with other sports in the U.S. where it's the world's game. And it's the world's game because it's been around forever. And so our thought was how do we continue to or how can we make it a part of the fabric even though we haven't been around since the 1800s, you know, like some of these clubs and the way to do that is to be a part of the community. So yes, we're soccer fans. We're football fans. I keep messing up. I'm sorry. No, no, uh, it's, yes, a, it's, it's, fans. it's absolutely okay. Just everyone, when you, when you, when you address the hate mail, please remember to, to send it to Andrew Phillips. Um, yeah. <laughs> Andrew know. at Reedy River Riot.com. Holy fine. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, one of the things that we, we we're trying to make sure we do is we're partnering with a bunch of different nonprofits in the area um, to, to be a part of the community, right? And so it's to, to be fans, it's to be a part of the culture that is uh, that is a Greenville Triumph, but it's also to make that also mean it's Greenville. And so if you guys are, are I mean, Greenville is a really great city. We have a 20-foot um, a waterfall that's downtown. It's a very walkable downtown um, you know, I promise you won't be disappointed in the city and if you come visit for a game, I also promise you'll have a good time. And so 
Um, we're just going to enjoy watching the sport we all love, the beautiful game, and and uh, have a beer or two or 12, depending on who you are. <laughs> so uh, that's definitely a uh, – hopefully we'll, we'll see some – you know, some folks who saw the triumph came to the game and said, hey, you know what, I'm going to come to more. And that's that's all we could ask for. Well, I think that's a that's a pretty good way to put it. You know, I, I made the comment as well that the culture you guys brought to the game was so good. And it's clearly a culture oh, that we see you guys bring to the Charlotte FC Stadium. Uh, you know, that that joy that we get here at Charlotte FC doesn't come from nothing. It, it comes mm-hmm. from the fans who have built it up all over uh, these areas. But oh, yeah, and we, we talked about it some. There's crossover. There's a lot of crossover. We have many, many fans of the Triumph are also Charlotte fans. Um, you guys are not far. And, you know, to be able to get that MLS experience, that what, it, what was that number, 76,000 or something absurd like that? It was right you know, up there, uh, yeah. Yeah, so to, to be able to be in an atmosphere like that is, uh, I can't explain it. And if you haven't experienced that, go to a Charlotte game. Like that, that is just a phenomenal thing to be a part of. Um, and we've got many fans. Um, and it's because the upstate, because the Carolinas are soccer crazy, football crazy. I did it again. Um, and I think that's going to continue to show um, in the support of, of the lower level teams all the way up to you guys. Well, we are coming up to our stop here. So I am going to go ahead and say, Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for your time with us today. It was great to have you on. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, I look forward to seeing you guys again soon. And for everyone else who has uh, spent your time with us today, who has uh, listened to a a bit of a bonus podcast, we appreciate your being here with us. We hope you, you check out all the local soccer you can find in the area, and we hope we'll see you at the next game. We will talk to you again soon, and goodbye.